Blog Talk Radio. TaylorTerrorRadio.com, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, that would be me and Tara and the show. You can do so at J. Wade Taylor. You can follow Tara at Tara Dublin Rocks and the show account Taylor Tara Radio on Twitter. You can direct your questions and your comments there if you want to uh, miss any of the show today. You want to go back and download this show or listen to the show, you can do so right here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com, or you can do it on a number of your favorite podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Spreaker. Um, So yeah, we answered the call. So many people were wanting us to be on Spreaker. That costs money, but we answered the call. So, yes, we are on Spreaker. Um, We are on Amazon, too, now, by the way. Um, You can, uh, if you have an Alexa, um, you can uh, just ask her to play Taylor Tara Radio. It's pretty simple. So, what about, how about that, Tara? We're on Alexa now. We're not, we've made it. Well, if Alexa can say our names, I mean, what 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 else can we ask for? I'm not right. sure. Money, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Um, hey, or yeah. what else could we ask for? Uh, I, I think that that's a loaded question. Uh, we could ask for a lot of things. But, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Think about, we've only been doing this show since the middle of July. And so... Yeah. We're at about, I mean, it's almost our anniversary, if you want to think about July, August, September, October, four months. Four months, mm-hmm. which if we were, if this was a, a, a romantic relationship, four months, that's good. That means, you know, yeah. all green lights, smooth sailing, right? You've gotten over that. Are we together? Are we a thing? Is this happening? Are we on? It's done. We're, we're going, yeah. right? So, yeah. but, and look how much we've accomplished in just those, these four months. 
the guest we really roster have. we've accumulated. And the fact that we're yeah. on all of these platforms already and, and, and doing well, and we've, we've got a really fantastic audience. Um, and, uh, you know, more, <clears throat> excuse me, I just anticipate this getting better and better now that we're moving over to the Maven, bigger audience, a larger platform, uh, you know, sky's the limit, my friend, the sky is the limit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for our listeners, Tara, um, yeah, the, our, our site on the Maven is up and I'm going to be working throughout the weekend, um, um, on the site, um, along with, um, some people from the Maven and also with our new show, uh, radio show producer, uh, Kevin. So I'll be working on that and, uh, hopefully bright and early Monday morning, you'll be able to click over to the Maven and you're just going to see all kinds of good stuff. So hot shit, hot shit, man. Yeah. That's exciting. uh, Hey, did you happen to see what's breaking as we went to, as we were about to come on the air? Uh, Fox News, Fox News, a.k.a. State TV, a.k.a. Trump TV, aligning with CNN in their lawsuit against Donald Trump, backing up Jim Acosta and his right, uh, his First Amendment rights, which uh, Fox News backed CNN's lawsuit against Trump administration over pulling Acosta's press pass. That's a a shift. That's a major shift for Fox News. Yeah, it was your tweet. I saw. I retweeted yeah. your tweet because I seen it go by in my timeline. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you said, yeah, yeah, you said, oh yeah, wow, yeah, you know your shit is bad <laughs> when yeah. your own state TV abandons you and aligns with CNN. That's a big move. And I don't know if you were uh, aware of this, but for like the last four days, the Fox News Twitter was dark. Fox News wasn't tweeting. A bunch of people that normally are like out there trumping it up. Dead silence, radio silence for days. Uh, Brad Parscale hadn't hasn't tweeted in many a day. Neither has Sarah Sanders. So uh, yeah, people are thinking that if you're looking at this, if Fox News hasn't tweeted, if the major players in the Trump administration haven't tweeted in days, and the rumors are a swirling that Mueller's gonna be dropping a bizom right on top of Don Jr. So. Interesting times, and now Fox aligning with CNN against Donald Trump. Um, dun, 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 dun. What's coming down the pike? Something big. Something big's coming down the pike. If Fox is taking a step back, what could it be? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to hear. I mean, I see so many people out there that, you know, consistently speculate on you know, who's going to be indicted next, you know, one last week, was it, yeah, was Don Jr. breaking, it, you know, you know, expect this like any moment now, and then, of course, it didn't happen, and so I don't, you know, whenever, whatever, you know, I've, I'll maintain what I said all along, Donald Trump will be here in 2020, and we better feel a great candidate to uh, beat him. Uh, I don't want to talk of, no, <laughs> I don't want that. He will uh, be. Yeah, just did. Yeah, let's put a pin in that. Let's just see what Mueller does because we can prognosticate all we want. We actually don't know what. I mean, I, I think we know that Mueller's got more than Donald Trump can lie about. I think he's got. I mean, having Michael Cohen sit with him for sixty hours of interviews and having Paul Manafort cooperate. Right, I agree with. Yes, I agree with right? all that, Tara. My my question is, I posed last night to a few. Uh, uh, tweeters out there were, okay, you got all this stuff, what are you going to do to him? What are you going to do to him? 
do to Trump. How are you going to get him out of office? I think the only way, because obviously, obviously you need that majority in the Senate. I mean, the House, once, once the House is sworn in and we, I mean, Democrats can bring up impeachment. There's, there's steps. You you don't just need a majority 60 votes. I know the rules. I know the rules. It is, I mean, we can hope beyond hope that within the Mueller report, there's some enough stuff that the GOP is like, crap, we can't, we can't keep back in this guy. We just can't. And then they decide, all right, fine. But the issue, and then everyone's like, but then we get Pence. Pence is just as in it. He is just as in it. And I will guarantee Mueller's got shit on him too, because the name Mike Flynn should be popping up regularly in the Mueller report. So this is why, and we can just roll right into the next controversy. This is why come January, we need an experienced speaker in place because let's just say, and I'm just spinning, your speaker of the house is third in line to the presidency, third, one, two, three. So let's just say, and you can fight it and you can say that'll never happen. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. There's a billion different plot lines. So I'm choosing the plot line where impeachment proceedings begin somehow, and both Trump and Pence are removed somehow. Then we have a Democratic Speaker of the House stepping in to the Oval Office. Me, Let me tell you why that will never happen. She's not done making her point. I will give you all the time in the world to speak. My beloved friend, I will, I will, I will. You can make all your points, and I know what your points are, and I don't entirely disagree with your point. The analogy I would like to make in this moment is this. Do you want the pilot flying your plane to be a brand new person who's never flown a plane? Doesn't Maybe they've done some test runs, but they've never flown a plane across the country. They can't handle turbulence or newbie. Do you want that person flying your plane? Or do you want the person who's had tons of experience, knows what to do no matter what happens to the plane, and you will absolutely land safely? I'm going to go with option B. While I encourage the newbie pilot to get their hours, I don't want to be on their plane while they're training. That's just me. So our country is the plane. I would return the plane to someone who has experience, give somebody on the job training, and then in 2020, they can vote in a new Speaker of the House. I would say in this transitional time, when we are scared to death what this current administration is going to do, or we don't know what's going to happen, and we trust nothing coming from this government, I want someone who's a Speaker of the House who's been there before, who's not going to take any shit, who's not going to kowtow or bend or break. And that person is Nancy Pelosi. And she never had the chance to really fulfill her destiny as Speaker, and she keeps getting pushed out of the way by these old, yelly white guys. And there are five white guys within our own party who are trying to take her down, and everybody needs to stop. She is the most powerful Democratic woman in the country. She has the most experience. Full stop. Full stop. And it's she, not just white. It's not just white guys. I, I know mean, it's you, not just white guys, but there are these no. Men who are so come to on, let's her. not let's not let's not participate in, in hyperbole here. It's but, not just white guys. It's but if you, I saw tweets last night. There are there are these Democratic senators who are going out of their way, male who happen to not be of color, are female, who are putting up a fight against going her, going out of their way. To say Nancy does not belong in that role. Female. Yes, there are. And that brings up Nancy. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I can, I can and all of that. 
90, I can rattle off 90 names in Congress right now from the Progressive Caucus, 90 names that don't want Nancy in that speaker's role. But the majority will want her in that role. Uh, she feels Here's very confident in that. She's okay. If you want to, who has yeah. thicker skin than Nancy Pelosi? Possibly Hillary Clinton. And these Here, are okay. women. It's always well, women okay. who have to consistently defend themselves you. against this uh, shit. Let me, can I ask you, uh, this is the question I've been wanting to ask you. And I wonder uh-huh. really, this is the question I want to ask a lot of people out there, not just on social media, but, but in, in general. Why is it, and here's the question, why is it you want your, you and, 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 and all of us together, we want such a new, fresh face for 2020. We don't any want any old white man. We really want a woman of color. We want to you, you have people that wanting a Beto. Uh, he's not running, but you you know you, you we want a fresh new face for 2020. You know, Hillary Clinton thinking about running again. Everybody's poo-pooing that. Oh no, no. No, no, no. We can't have I was reading the reading the threads last night. No Hillary Clinton, no Joe Biden. God no. We don't need anybody like that up there. We need a fresh new face. So with that said, why is it different with Nancy? Because, because it's I, not 2020 yeah. yet. Because it's not 2020 it yet. Yeah, tell You're me. asking me and I'm answering. The answer is we are not at 2020 yet. We have to live through 2019 first. We have but, to get but, through the next year. The okay. Though. Yes, we can plan for 2020, but we have to live day to day before that. I don't trust a new person in that role. But why do you? But why is it? Why do you poo-poo? Why is all these people say nah to Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders? Um, I mean, I could go down the list, you know, people. Even Al Gore thinking about running, and it's oh no, not Al Gore. And you know, I think it's because but we we saw what happened. But when we say a fresh new face and a new leader, a new speaker, everybody goes, oh God, no. I just told you why. We don't need a new speaker right now. Right now, we do not. Later, fine. When we, when we get you know, full power in 2020, fine. You want to move. And she may be ready to retire at that point. I mean, the woman is 78 years old. I don't know what her life plan is. Here is my point. For right now, for the immediate future, for 2019, until a new president, whoever they may be, is sworn in in 2021, in January of 2021. There's a whole lot of living to do between now and then. Uh, we have a clusterfuck of an administration right now. Okay? I understand the need for fresh blood, but not at the highest, highest, highest levels. Okay? you got to work your way well, up okay. there. We've, so, already seen, so, but, but, we've already seen what happens when you go from zero to president. And I know you're going to throw names at me like Barbara Lee and all of these great people who can step into the role. 2020, let them take over in 2020. Give somebody right now who knows what they're doing, who's been there before, who's tough, who won't bend, who won't break, who won't crack, who does not give one shit what people say because she knows what to do and she can get the job done. Nancy Pelosi has But everybody's but no, hold on a second though. This goes back to my point. But everybody's cool with throwing somebody like Beto in there for president in in uh, because right? they're starved they're- for somebody who can speak publicly. 
A well, lot I'm just saying that everybody came for throwing somebody in there with no, absolutely no experience whatsoever. He couldn't even win his own Senate race. So, I, but they're all game for want that. that though. That doesn't make sense to me. That that makes okay. absolutely zero sense to me. Me neither. And what I would say for the 2020 ticket, what you would need is a balance of old and new. That's what I would want on my 2020 Democratic ticket. Someone who's been there and someone who hasn't been there as long, but maybe, you know, has some really great ideas and has been working steadily. Someone like an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, while a voice that is welcomed, she is so green that she doesn't know how things go. And she doesn't know certain things. And she's going to end up, you know, getting, she's going to, have her want she's going to be one and done if she doesn't play along with the rest of the kids so i go in back to my district, other my original no, point no 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 my original point is this okay? she'll be there forever if she wants to be she'll be she there could forever be, but she's she, got to learn how to play okay not in her district you, she's run to her district she knows exactly what her district. she if she wants to hold that congress that 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 congressional seat for the rest of her natural life she can do so she'll never lose it but she's got to be able to get along with everybody else who's there too. And there are rules in place and there who are says? guidelines. Who says? Alexandria Ocasio. Yeah. Okay. So who says? another analogy. You, you're hot shit in your middle school, right? You graduated eighth grade. You're the valedictorian. Everybody loves you. You're the most popular girl in school. Everybody dresses like you. Everybody wants to be like you. Then you move up to high school and you walk in as a freshman. You think you're going to be hot shit in high school? Uh-uh. Uh-uh, you're brand new. You are a little fish in a great big pond, and there is a senior who will kick your ass and take you down several pegs if you try to overstep. Okay? That's just how our system. How, okay? how, how long has it been since we had a person of color as Speaker of the House? Never o'clock. But <clears throat> about, yeah. it's not the time to install a brand new fresh face as Speaker of the House. Not yet. 2020. Go, yes, yes, yes. But right now, I mean, if this was a normal, if we had a normal administration in place, I'd say throw whatever monkey wrench you want into the system. Let's see if we can fuck shit up. But this, this is terrifying. I I need somebody who knows what to do in a crisis. Perhaps, I don't know, the architect of the, the ACA, someone who's advocated, someone who's been in public service her entire professional career, someone who knows what's going on, who does not have to learn on the job. I, I don't want that right now. Not in this transitional time. No way. Uh-uh. Not when you are three steps from the presidency. Nuh-uh. That's not time to put a newbie in there. And when I say newbie, I mean someone who's never done the job, someone who's never had a role that important. You want to vote her out in 2020 and put in a new Democratic speaker, I will not fight you then. But for right now, mama's got to take care of the kids, okay? She, you know, I need her back. I think we as a country need her back. We need someone who, who can really take charge and, can, you know, re- and align people. And I listened to her talking to Chris Cuomo the other night. Uh, she did an exclusive interview with him, and he said, with how much certainty? Will you be speaker again? And she said, 100%. And he said, what if people challenge you? And she said, let them. Let anybody that they want challenge me. Uh, I've had my conversations. I know what, where you know my what? supporters are. 
I'm going to say mean, something. I'm going to say something that's the absolute truth, but it's going to be very unpopular because it all is what all this comes back down to: money, 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 money. Because Nancy goes out there and raises a shit ton of money. It's what it all comes back down to: money. Feinstein winning out there over Delon. It's money. It's well, all if you're about using money. your money this powers is, for good and not evil. This is what it all uh, comes back uh, down to. Let's not. Let's look. Come on. Let's just let's let's be honest. At least let's be honest about it. Okay. There's a lot of people that could assume that role as speaker that has as much experience as Nancy. Okay. A Who? lot. There's Who? Barbara Lee's one Who? of them. She's Jim she's not Clay, been speaker I, I, of the house before. She's not. No one else has. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Let her have her job back. She didn't get to finish it. She has plenty of work still left to do. Barbara Lee is more than welcome to take over in 2020. I'd love to see that. I would love it. Not yet. Not yet. Just let let Nancy lead in the transitional period between now and 2020. I don't think that's a, a lot to ask, call, and I don't think it's a crazy a idea. Pe- you call this a transitional period? Uh, taking over the House from the Republicans, you think it's going to be smooth? They're going to fight every step of the way. They're going to obstruct well, the every is, step of the way. Well, the problem is is that Nancy wants to – she's come out and said that she absolutely wants to work with the Republicans. And you've got the, the 90 members of the Progressive Congressional Congress, 90 members. That's a, that's a big number. If you're going to have to fight those 90 people for the next two – fight 90 people, Tara, in your own party. For the next two years. Fuck, forget the Republicans for a second. Forget them, but you're going to have to fight 90 people in your own party for the next two years. You know how much is going to get done? Zero. Well, those 90 people might have to shut their mouths and take a seat because Nancy Pelosi is extraordinarily good at her job. She is going to be someone who's going to hold the current administration in check. She's not going to take any shit. And she's going to make sure that we get some stuff done. I don't have that same confidence in any of the names that are being How thrown around because they've never done, done it before. She's battling the Republicans, and she's battling 90 members, if not more, from her own party. How is she going to get anything done? When you've got, when you've got Alexandria uh, Cortez up there every other day leading a protest at your door. Okay, if you're going to keep bringing up Alexandria, I'm going to keep telling her that she's got to shut her mouth and sit down and watch, okay? Uh, if she's going I'm, to have really, any I'm longevity— I'm playing devil's advocate, Tara. I, I'm I understand what these, you're saying. I yeah. understand what you're saying, but these, all of this devil's advocate stuff doesn't really get us anywhere except frustrated. I'm excited by the idea of fresh new blood and women of color and new— ideas. I'm excited by all of that and I'm energized by it. Please don't misunderstand me. What all I am saying and what those 90 people need to to realize and what the men who are fighting need to realize is we are in uncharted waters here. And if all of these people are like, nobody can stand up to that. Nobody uh, can beat them. Nancy can. She's not going to take any not- shit. She's not going so to. You don't, okay. So, 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 what about what? What? What would you think about somebody like? Oh, I don't know. They've got a little experience. Somebody like Elijah Cummings. 
I think he'd be amazing, but I don't think he wants that. I think he's supporting Nancy. So I think that people who have worked with her for a long time understand how powerful she is and how well she can do in that role. And I would really like to, for everybody to stop talking about a man taking that spot because it, it should be her. There, I'm putting... Listen, I'm not saying I'm that there aren't other people who can do it. I am saying, I'll say it over and over again. The hypocrisy... The hypocrisy I see here on the left is 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 uh, I mean it's 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 okay to we can't have this conversation about about Nancy but oh my God for 2020 we absolutely veto all the way we want no, a white I don't agree with young, that. I'm we not want the a one white in we want a white inexperienced young man leading this nope, country and the world I don't I didn't want the old inexperienced white man. So no, no, that's not what I personally want. People get excited by a new and exciting rock star. Beto emerged as a rock star. Here was someone who could speak publicly and he was saying nice things. Then you would agree that Hillary Hillary Rodham Clinton would be our best choice to run in 2020. If, if, if by your logic, what you're saying for Nancy, then by your logic, you would agree that Hillary Rodham Clinton and or Joe Biden would be our best choice to run in 2020. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about 2020. I'm not. I'm I'm not talking about it yet. I'm talking about right now. They're all It's different. It's different. Who's got experience in Hillary Clinton? Jason, it's different okay this is we're talking okay. about different. apples different. and oranges okay no, it's i'm talking about the current situation that we are facing now and my one of my biggest issues with living in this country is that we have no ability to live in the moment halloween ends and christmas decorations are already up and we can't <laughs> live in the now and we can't focus on the immediate tasks we have to live through 2019 we have to live through it we don't know what the Mueller investigation is going to show us we do not know what uh, we are facing I, I we don't know what's going to happen so i don't think we're not at happen. the point where we're picking Nothing's a ticket for happen, 2020 exactly. yet yeah i don't think anything's going to happen I, I don't think there's going to be i mean i really i mean i just i really don't I, you know but I you just, also don't know nobody knows oh, i know i none don't of us know. psychic Okay, we nope. are none of us psychic. Well, so, so well, here's, no, hold here's on what now. we do. Hold on now. What? There are some psychic people on Twitter because they had Don Jr. in jail like two weeks ago. Well, that's <laughs> not psychic. That's hope. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, we all hope for that. Are we going to get it? Who the fuck knows? Here's what we do know. <laughs> this is what we know. Here's, I am a realist. I am a Taurus. I am grounded and I am steeped in reality. Okay. I can prognosticate and make wishes and dream and hope as much as the rest of us. But I also happen to live in the real world. And in the real world, we are surrounded literally by fire, and it is a garbage fire. I trust someone like Nancy Pelosi to be able to put out the current, help in the current situation. Current, current situation. We can talk about 2020 when we have that luxury. I don't think we have that luxury uh, right now. I, listen, okay? all, I don't. All, I think we need Kara, to talk about Kara, all and the Kara, next all I was of doing. I, I, I'm, I was just asking a question. 
I mean, it really begs the question. But I mean, you're you're saying I didn't you, even let putting, me get to 2020 yet. Yeah, but you're you're but what you're saying is is that well that you're taking well Nancy should be the leader because of a experience b she's been there c she's done so much but then I go to 2020 and, and we're and then I say well should it you well if you want the person with the most experience by far the most experience wouldn't you go back to Hillary Clinton in 2020. To that, I would say, A, I don't know why she would want to put herself through that again. She's going uh, to, but she's going to run. Well, then if that if that's the case, I would hope that she would choose a different running mate, not a white guy like Tim Kaine. Maybe that's her opportunity to bring on Kamala Harris and they run together. That's a strong enough ticket to support uh, because then you have a, a really good balance there. Uh, I don't know that, that if that's a ticket that could win. If you insist on putting a man on the ticket, then it should be a man of color, someone like Cory Booker, Deval Patrick, Julian Castro. And actually, those are names that I wanted her to look at when she ran in, in 2016. And I thought it would have been a better look for her and a better, stronger ticket if she had chosen someone very, like that. I was so, very surprised. I was very surprised that she did not pick Castro. I was very too. Surprised. And I thought that that would have, that would have been helpful. And um I, I think when we talk about a 2020 ticket, as we can talk about with our lovely friend, Holly Figueroa O'Reilly, who's going to be joining us momentarily, um, there are a lot of possibilities, but I think what we have to wait, we're in a wait and see situation where first we need to get through this next, you know, eight to 10 months before we can really figure out who would be the best ticket for us. So uh, that's a huge conversation. I'm more concerned about the now and the next five to six months of this country and what happens in our well, more it, immediate future. Yeah, but 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 Tara, you can't you can't say, well, we've got to look the the look, 2020 race is on right now. There are people right now going in and out of Iowa as we speak. Candidates going in and out of Iowa, it's just not being reported on the news. Plenty of, of potential candidates anywhere. I've seen the number anywhere from from 15 all the way up to 20. So you're going to have a, uh, you know, yeah, well, that's the way it's going to be. And and listen, just if, if Hillary Clinton runs again, is it going to throw a wrench in the spokes of a lot of people? Absolutely. Yeah, and I can tell you one in particular with Kamala Harris, Hillary and Kamala are very close. They're good friends. So if Hillary runs, I would suspect that Kamala would not run. Because she'd be waiting to be asked to be VP? Mm, no, I don't think. Or no. it would just knock her out of contention. I, I just think that she would choose not. I think there will be a lot of people that would choose not to run. Um you know, I'm, not, I'm talking. You're, I'm talking your traditional Democrats, your 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 center Democrats. I'm not talking about the Bernie wing, but um, no, I mean I think there will be just a lot of people that will. You know, they don't want to. If Hillary decides to run, let, let's say Hillary, it's Hillary, Joe Biden, and Bernie Sanders. Well, which, yeah. by the way, it's. I know that sounds way out there, but that's that's in that is not out of the realm of possibility. Believe me, all three of those people are seriously considering running in twenty twenty. 
And I'll say once again, uh, as a Jewish person, this country is never going to elect a Jew as president. Not in my lifetime, <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. Although, I mean, I have a, a friend of mine who was like, well, that's what they said about Kennedy being Catholic. They never, you know, they'd never elect a Catholic. I, uh, I would say that 1960, a lot different than 2018, but also not really. Um, I would be shocked, shocked. Because there's, I mean, if this country, if there are, that segment of the population didn't want a black man as president, you think they want a Jew? A socialist Jew? Nah, it's not going to happen. There are too many assholes in this country would stop that from happening. We should take a little break here because we have a major powerhouse Twitter resistance voice awaiting to join us. Uh, Holly Figueroa O'Reilly. What a badass. She is that Ayn Rand, Paul Ryan. She is amazing. She's a singer, songwriter, mother of five, and she blocked she's by Trump. Fierce. And then she's the one, she's the, the powerhouse behind that lawsuit. So we'll take a break, and then we're going to come back with a badass Shiro on Taylor Tower Radio. Absolutely. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Taylor Terror Radio, taylorterrorradio.com, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded Everybody rolls with the fingers crossed Everybody knows that the war is over Everybody knows that the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor and the rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows that the boat is leaking Everybody knows that the captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like the father or the dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem rose And everybody knows Everybody knows that you love me, baby Everybody knows that you really do Everybody knows that you've been faithful Give or take a night or two Everybody knows you've been discreet So many people you just had to meet Without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows that's how it goes, and everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that's how it goes, and everybody Everybody knows that you'll live forever When you've done a line or two Everybody knows the deal is rotten Old black Joe's still picking cotton For your ribbons and bows And everybody knows Alright, welcome back 
back, ladies and gentlemen, one and all. It's Wednesday, and you are listening to Taylor Terror Radio, taylorterrorradio.com, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. If you'd like to uh, follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Taylor. You can follow my co-host and my partner in crime on Twitter, Tara Dublin, at Tara Dublin Rocks. And we encourage everyone to follow the show account on Twitter. That's Taylor Tara Radio on Twitter. And if you missed any of the show today and you want to go back and listen, download, um, we're on all of your favorite podcasts listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play Music, um, TuneIn, and we're on Amazon Alexa as well. So um, with that, uh, Tara, we have a very special guest with us today. That was her song that I was just uh, that playing That was her there. covering. That's not yes. her. She didn't write that song. That's a well, cover no, of Leonard Cohen. but that Cohen's was her song. singing the song. Yes, yes, it was, and she's got an amazingly beautiful singing voice. Uh, as well as a very strong voice in the resistance. I'm clever like that. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Ayn Rand Paul Ryan, which is one of my favorite Twitter handles because it's so clever and funny. Please welcome to Taylor and Tower Radio, Holly Figueroa O'Reilly. Hey, you guys. Dun, How dun, are dun. You? Hello, Holly. <laughs> hey, we y'all. just learned something you know, about I each other, you. Holly and I. We live in the same state. We did not know that about each other as long as we've been That's talking right. to each other on the Twitter. Yep. Yeah. Right. I, I followed Holly for the longest time, and she wouldn't follow me back. She finally did, and I was. Uh, and I don't get very. I don't get. You know, I've been on Twitter since the beginning, so I don't get really. I don't really get excited when people follow me back. You know, it's like no big deal. But when she followed me, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Girl I don't really pay attention to follows and stuff. I wish I had time to do that, but I'm too busy trying to get rid of our president. So I'm Amen glad that, that you messaged me. I'm glad that I picked that up and followed you, though. You guys are awesome. Absolutely. Let's oh, um, let's tell the kids out there. Uh, let's talk about that lawsuit because I think that's All when right. you and I first started connecting. Really, um, uh, just get, give give people a little rundown and then. Uh, We'll we'll move on because there's so much there. I think you were the original blocky, weren't you? I was one Before of them. he was president, 2015. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, August of well, 2015. But that, yeah. um, while that was a great badge of honor, it uh, <laughs> it kept me out of your lawsuit because your lawsuit was for people who got blocked after he was illegitimately inaugurated, correct? That's right. That is correct. Um, yeah, so he blocked me because I told him that the Pope looked at him funny. Um, and I had a little gif of the Pope looking at him, like looking at Melania and smiling broadly and then looking back at Trump and being like, oh, this fucking guy. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, he blocked me after that. And shortly thereafter, uh, Columbia Knight um, Institute contacted me and asked me if I wanted to sue him. And I said, fuck yeah, I want to sue him. And um brought on they asked me if there was anybody else that I knew of and I was like oh yeah there's a whole bunch of people so I sent them you know all these names of people that I knew had been blocked on that same day Um, he just went on a blocking spree and so they contacted those people and then we all sued him and people were I mean even people who hated Trump said that's never going to work and and the you know some people got on my case and said that it'll never amount to anything and um, 
And then it did. We sued him and we won in federal court. And they're appealing, but then he unblocked us. And that's it. And that's I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm still blocked. And yeah, you, uh, will, you will be probably for a while because I'm fine with that. Me, Danny Zucker. Uh, the after your suit was finished, um, and it was discovered that there were still, you know, many of us blocked uh, on Twitter uh, that predated the inauguration. You know, they went. Uh, uh-huh. The Department of Justice was delivered a list of 41 names. I'm sure that there are more out there who are blocked by Trump don't care. And so they never did anything about it. But um, right. the Department of Justice took 41 names to the White House and said, these people are still blocked on Twitter. We understand it postdates the inauguration, but you are still violating their First Amendment rights. Um, yep. So they put that list on the Oval Office desk to the best of my knowledge. And most of the names on that list were unblocked. Danny Zucker and I, and I think one or two others that I'm not sure who exactly they are, we're still blocked, which means that Donald Trump looked at a list and was like, okay, okay, go, well, not him. Oh, not that girl, not Tara Dublin. <laughs> like, I just, it's hilarious to me that that, that so problem. And, and it's it's kind of, it's like, like, first of all, it makes me feel really awesome. Like, okay, okay, no, not Danny Zucker, <laughs> not Tara Dublin. Who the fuck am I? I'm nobody. But still, but still no. And uh, the White House, as I'm sure you know, um, uh, is exempt from any uh, FOIA requests. Um, You can file them and they'll be like, nope, you can't find out what goes on within the Oval Office if we don't want you to know. So uh, I may never get unblocked and I will probably never know why. But I also don't care at this point because I can continue to prove that that little baby man is afraid of this, this girl, this five foot 104 pound mouthy girl with I don't have a real you know it's not like I'm a fox anchor you know like I and I wasn't even a verified user Holly when he first blocked me back in 2015 I was just you know I was just going after him telling him how much he was terrible because I knew my whole life he was terrible so right here we are facing uh you know uh the future now um we've seen what's happened with the elections and we're still getting Democrats winning their races a week after election day. We're yep. getting, uh, we just saw victory, victories in California, which is wonderful. Three of them yesterday. Um, yeah. yeah. So Jason and I were talking before you joined us about uh, what should happen come January when the new Democratic House is sworn in. And I posit that Nancy Pelosi should rightfully return to her position as Speaker of the House uh, in this crazy, weird time. I don't love the idea of someone as much as I love the idea of new blood, I don't love the idea of someone brand new, three steps away from the Oval. What's your take on where we should go as a party once the new House is sworn in? Okay. So I'm also for um, and, and working hard toward getting Nancy Pelosi um, the gavel back. And I think that she should be speaker. And she has said that if Trump had lost and if the democrats had taken the majority in 2016 she would have stepped down but she felt that it was important to stay on and her party did as well and so now trump's still there and the senate still has the majority nobody else is qualified to do what she can do she's a master at what she does and um what what she said is she wants to be a transitional speaker so she wants to you know, help new blood 
come up to the level where she is so they can take over. Um, and that, they're not there yet. We have, what, like a hundred, I don't remember how many it is, but a lot of, um, I don't remember, what is it, 35? I, have to look I think at it's 125 list. new women are coming in, something freshmen. around 125. Yeah. yeah. Right, freshmen, uh, uh, representatives coming in, and <laughs> what are we going to do with them? I mean, they have exactly. to go through this process of getting, learning the ropes. They don't even know where their offices are yet. So, you know, Nancy's been there. Nancy knows what's up, and I want her to stay there until she's ready to leave. That's well, what I said. Home, I think, that's what I said. Just in the transition, well, 2020, bring in the new blood. But for right now, when you are yeah, three steps from the Oval Office, I – I value the new blood and the new input, and I think that it will re-energize the body. But for right now, what we need at the head is someone with, with everything that you said, and I think everything that I said before you joined us. Um, I, do, I don't need Holly. To hold on a second here. Right. I want to jump in here because I want to ask. I want to ask Holly. Holly, in the past, in, in the last two days, yesterday we had a piece come out on the New York Times. Today we have one in the Washington Post. Um, uh, talking about dysfunction inside the Democratic majority in the House. And what you have is you, ha- you have 90 members of the, pro- of the Progressive Congressional Caucus. Um, there are 90 members um, that are adamantly against Pelosi remaining a speaker um, that's going to fight Pelosi all the way for the next two years. What do you do with those 90 progressives? How do you, how do you make uh, them you happy? Bring- you bring them in. You give concessions. You compromise. Well, they, you don't just compromise want, with the other side. You don't just compromise with Republicans. You compromise within the party. Right. Well. Well. They. But they're adamant in 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 their. They're very adamant that they they want a new speaker there, whoever that might be. That's okay. They can be adamant. Okay. <laughs> they can do. <laughs> we are going to and have like, Nancy uh-huh. Pelosi as speaker. No. They can do what they want. So you said that you and, and I want to clarify something. You said that you felt there was nobody else um, qualified enough to to take that role as speaker. So you would say somebody like Barbara Lee from California or Elijah Cummings, they're not qualified. Somebody like Barbara Lee, who was against the Iraq War, she's not qualified for speaker. I'm talking about the new people coming in and the the very like the, the young blood that everybody's talking about. And no, I'm not talking about senior uh, representatives. If no. Barbara Lee wanted a speaker to be speaker, fine. If Elijah Cummings wanted to be speaker, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about younger people coming in, right? Well, yeah. Well, no, but I was, I've been proposing all along, um, you know, me and Tara, we don't agree on, on this, that, you know, I would like to see a changing of the guard, both with Pelosi and Schumer, I would like to see somebody like Barbara Lee, Speaker of the House, and somebody like Kristen Gillenbrand um, in the Senate. And, you know, that's what I'd that's like to different. see. I mean, if, if we're going to talk about the Senate, then, yeah, then we need to change um, in leadership. Well, what, but, and I think that there's plenty of senators, Democratic senators, who would be way better than Chuck Schumer. I mean, if you're talking position. about minority leader, that's totally different then I'm fine with Barbara Lee or Elijah Cummings taking on the role of minority leader. 100% fine with that. Speaker of the House is a different thing. And you and I, Holly, are on the same page with that. And 
I, that's also a point that I made that Nancy is the woman that we need in the transition. And then when we are fully taking over in 2020, as we rightfully should, that's a fantastic time for her to step back and let the new blood take over. That'll have given her time to take care of some house cleaning and then also give, you know, some strength to the new blood that's coming in, show them how it's done. And that when someone's ready to step into the role, she can walk away with the confidence of knowing she's done everything that she set out to do. That's Hopefully. right. So uh, I'm glad that you and I are on the same page with that because I think uh, already we're seeing the narrative to get her out of there. And it's a misogynist oh, yeah, we narrative. Have a, it's been a, yeah, it's nope, been a nope. drumbeat for it's the not, last well, year. Tara, you're wrong there. It is not a misogynist. I'm not, oh, we're I'm not, not going to play, hyper- no, not not play the hyperboles here. No, you have 90 progressives, women and men. Quit saying misogyny here. Okay, that's not, I'm not true. I'm not saying it's 100% misogyny, but though. there's a whole Quit lot of it. Quit saying that. That's not true. That's fake news. It's not that's true. That's not true. There's plenty of women banging on that door of Nancy's office. Okay, plenty and of we're women. I'm not saying that they're not, but I think that Holly and I can tell you very strongly that Nancy Pelosi is a victim of, of just, you know, I'm institutional right misogyny. Talking about right now in the moment, okay? There are plenty, plenty, plenty of women out there who are who are asking for a new leader that are in Congress and outside of well, Congress. Well, they'll get it in 2020. They're not going to get a new leader right now, and they shouldn't want a new leader right now. They should want someone who's going to guide us through this ridiculous time. Not white men. It's not all white men demanding Nancy demanding a new speaker in the House. There's plenty of women of color. Plenty women of color, women, um, men of color. There's plenty that that do not agree with Nancy remaining a speaker of the House. Let's just be let's be let's at least be honest with that. You know, let's at least be yeah. honest with that. Okay, I, so, I'm not saying that there aren't, Jason. What I'm saying is that Nancy Pelosi Pelosi has dealt with decades of misogyny like this, and she doesn't and care. I, she has a thick enough skin. She doesn't care who's fighting her. That's the point. It doesn't matter if it's women of color, men of color, new, old. It, she does not care who's opposing her. She understands that she is the right person for this this time. As Holly said, and come back in, please, Holly, a transitional speaker. That's my yeah, point. So, that's Holly's point. So the misogyny thing, let me just say this. You don't have to be a white man. <laughs> to be a misogynist. No, so plenty of black men are misogynists. Plenty of women are misogynists. You don't have to be male, okay? Misogyny mm-hmm. is not for men only. And you, some people don't even know when they have been indoctrinated um, to hate a certain woman or, or women in general, um, and they, they don't even know it's happening in their own brain, Right. So maybe mm-hmm. you have all of these progressives who have come together and they want to fight the Pelosi uh, confirmation. And that's fine. This happens every two years in both parties. They fight amongst themselves and then they come to a conclusion and then they work together. And I don't even think that it's worth um, having a huge like, blow up about or a conversation about because it, that's not really what the party is trying to accomplish right now what we want is you know health care <laughs> we want um uh, increased minimum wage we want all of these things that are important for 
the people who elected Nancy Pelosi, for the people who elected all of these progressives. They didn't, the people who elected the progressives who are now trying to oust Nancy Pelosi, um, they don't give a shit about Nancy Pelosi. They wanted these people to go in and work for them. So this whole fight is stupid as far as I'm concerned. They'll figure it out. Um, Me personally, I uh, would like to see uh, two years of Nancy Pelosi. And I also don't want anybody else in the position to become president should Trump and Pence be outed. I want her there. I want if Trump point. and Pence are gone, I want Pelosi there. Well, what what do you suspect though? I mean, when when is when's the last time a speaker of the house assumed the role of the presidency? I mean, that doesn't that matter. Is, that doesn't is, matter. That's, well, I mean, still though, that still I mean, can't use that. We've never been through something like we're living in right now. We can't. We whenever there, there, there's a reason there is <laughs> the line of secession is in place for a reason. Hopefully, we never yeah. need it, but in this situation, we might. Yep. That's something you have to think about, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. no, I thought about it. And, I mean, I thought about something. it, and it's, they're, they're, you, I mean, do you think for one second the GOP or I mean, whoever, whatever's coming down the pipe that they're not aware of it, they're they're not going to ask somebody to resign, and 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 whether it be Pence, what what? Let's just say we know what's coming down the pipe. Pence resigns. Trump appoints a, a, a new vice president, boom, there you go. I mean, th- you know, okay, I mean. So, so how about this? So there's a coordinated effort by some left wing, you know, out of the. Okay, so there's a coordinated effort by some crazy Russians <laughs> to to knock off Pence and Trump at the same time. It, I, okay. It's a crazy, crazy thing. It doesn't matter right. the situation. I want somebody in there who is ready to go day one, and that's Nancy Pelosi. Word. Okay, uh-huh. fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, um, a lot of uh, Hollywood, we see a lot here uh, with the progressives, um, and um, they're on, uh, on the progressive left um, yesterday in particular, um, you know, demanding um, you know new legislation and demanding new things be done on climate change. We know that Nancy Pelosi herself created a committee. Um, where do you see this going? Do you? I mean, we you know we had many many men and women that were running for Congress for the first time on the show during this election cycle. Uh, healthcare number one on their list. Uh, all, really, yeah. I would say, Tara, vir- virtually all of them, and that's really that's number yeah. one on my list. I mean, Medicare for all. Oh, absolutely. Medicare for all, single payer health care should be where, you know, should be a policy and and, and part of this. And I think that's another, you know, area I'm a little bit iffy with Nancy on. Is she, is she like full steam ahead on, on single payer or does she still want to stick with, with what we have now? Well, the only reason that we have Obamacare is because of Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, I She's yeah. the one who made it happen. So um, I think that she made a lot of concessions that she didn't want to make um, because she had to. Uh, and if I think if given the, the chance 
that the House would push for single payer. Um, but we don't have the Senate, and we have a crazy president. So it depends on, you know, what the Senate really looks like after everything's settled and what the House looks like when everything's settled. Because we can pass whatever we want in the House, but if we still have, what do we, what do we have now? I think there's, there's one seat that's up in the air still. Maybe in the two. Senate? Yeah, I know that. But in the Senate, there's there's one there's one legitimate there's one legitimately up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what are we going to end up with there? What do the numbers look like? Are we 48? Uh, Are we 47? uh, I would say we're 40. um, Without Nelson, I think we're 47. So we're not the majority. Let's just say that, and we're not even close. And we don't have the problem with the Senate, too, is that uh, they elected a bunch of far right senators to take the place of the moderate senators that, that are not there anymore. So, yeah. uh, you know, we don't have way, moderates we're, to go to. We're 54-46 in the Senate right now. 46. OK, so if Nelson hangs on to his seat, then we'll be 47. Correct. So. So yeah, we lost we lost moderate senators and and um, so I don't, the original question about Nancy Pelosi um, wanting single payer, yeah, I think she does. How how far she can push it, it's political. Everything is depends on what the numbers look like. I don't think this. I don't think the Republicans in the Senate are going to go for it. I think that's an understatement, actually. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I don't either. I can't see that, can't see that happening. Um, I mean, we're, you know, I'm excited, you know, that we, you know, I think everybody should be excited, Holly, as, as we all are, that you know, we, we did so that the Democrats, um, that we did so well in this election cycle, that, um, that we have so many, you know, new fresh. Faces, you know, so many women that ran and won, and uh-huh. people of color, and LGBT community. I mean, just you know, we have such a diverse. I know I've seen the I've seen the tweet going around today of the, you know, the comparison from the 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 new right. Democratic <laughs> House. Yes, yeah, it's great. It's all I mean, men I love and one the, woman. <laughs> the diversity in the Republican is. Uh, new incoming freshmen is one has an eye patch and one is a blonde woman. The rest are white men. So yay them. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I'm I'm liking there's, there are those tweets that have been going around with the, with the picture of what the new house is going to look like compared to what the old Senate looks like. And I like that the house actually looks like it's going to look like our country for once. Yeah. Finally. Exactly. You know, and it's it, uh, filled with women and different colors and, and different, you know, LGBT, transgender. It's just, it's what it should have been all along, of course. Yeah. And somehow we all bought into the mythology that the white man should lead us to glory. And that's so not true. And so uh, when we change, if instead, and this is something that I did during the campaign, Holly, and it's something that I still try to do with people put people's accomplishments gender neutrally side by side say, would you rather have this person mm-hmm. or this person? And if you listed Nancy Pelosi's accomplishments, gender neutrally, someone could look at that list and go, damn, what a powerhouse. 
Then if yep. you add that the, that person happens to have, you know, estrogen and a vagina, then they're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to vote against her. Connor Lamb. Well, and I so think it's, an, I think it's ageist, her. too. Yeah, it's totally ageist. Look at Connor it's Lamb. Ageist. We advocated for Connor Lamb, and we fought for him, and he's already publicly said Connor Lamb is going to vote against Nancy Pelosi, even though he doesn't know if anybody else is running for that, right. for speaker. How, how well, do there you, are a lot why? of people who said that. But I, and, and what Nancy said was, Win, baby, win. She didn't care. They asked her point blank in interview after interview. People are saying that they don't want you to be speaker if the house turns blue. And she said, I don't care. I just want them to win. They have, they're going to do whatever they're going to do to win. I don't care. And she, she really doesn't. You guys. She doesn't. I don't think that she thinks that she's in trouble at all. And I don't think she, she is. She knows either. she's not. I mean, I, did I you really see her interview with Chris, with Chris Cuomo the other night? No. Oh, she's awesome. Uh, and I, I mentioned this to Jason earlier. Chris Cuomo asked, with what percentage of certainty do you believe that you'll be speaker again? And she said 100. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and like, without, like, not even, she didn't even think about it. Like, it's just no. automatic. She's like, I know Why who my friends she? are. I know I have the votes. She's like, yeah. I know I do. And he's like, yeah. what about this? What about that? She's like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's not part of that. I don't pay attention to that stuff. I pay and attention that's to what what's I'm important. Saying. When I say they can protest it, the 90 progressives who are against it, they can say, they can say whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. She's confident. I'm pretty confident that, um, yeah. that it's going to happen that way. And the thing so. is, she will also sit down with them and talk with them and listen yep. to them. Um, and that and is something also, that she is intimidating as fuck. She's very yeah. persuasive. Um, and yeah, and I mean, I, I'm not sure. Tara, have you been on this call, um, like a organizing calls with Nancy? Um, I have, yeah. Where, yeah, where she's talking about, you know, and it's, and she's very, I don't know what the word is. It's not mother maternal but it's kind of like she's coaching us along on how to help the the party not her necessarily but the party and but she's very persuasive in in how she presents things so i think i don't think she's gonna have a problem i really don't maternal may be part of it that may be part of it that feeling of here and i think you know you're a mother i'm a mother um, there is something about that feeling of mom's going to keep us safe. Mom is looking That's out right. for, the, for our best interest. Mom That's is right. empathetic. Mom mm-hmm. cares. And mom but Mama Bear is not going to put up with anything. No. You're going to, are you going to take, are you going to give your mom, she will flip your mom shit. You know what happens when you flip your mom shit. So. That's right. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we, Holly, we had Nancy Pelosi on the show. And uh-huh. um, we were fortunate enough to have 20 minutes to uh, to interview her, and um, mm-hmm. she was great. Um, I've seen Nancy down here um, a couple times here in Houston. Um, I was went to one fundraiser that she had for uh, for Lizzie Fletcher here in Houston. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, awesome! Yeah. So, yeah. No, I've been really involved in Texas politics, um, <laughs> but. 
yeah, I mean, I yeah, when you when you see Nancy speak, she is very um she is very persuasive. She is um she's incredibly generous with her time. She is um undeniably um an incredibly hard worker. I mean, when we had her on the show, Tara, remember she was getting on a plane. She was coming out of the car, getting on a plane with a phone in her hand to go somewhere yep. else for fun for a fundraiser. Well, I don't know when she sleeps. I really don't. Um, <laughs> but I did. So this is what I did when we had Nancy Pelosi, and I knew we only had her for 20 minutes, and I did not want to squander any of our time. Mm-hmm. But it was also the week that she was on the cover of Time Magazine for the first time ever. Uh, and look Isn't how long that, that took. Which insane. When she became the first ever female speaker of the House, did they ever put her on the cover? Not once. But put Newt Gingrich up there. Put Paul Ryan on there because, you know, bleh. But um, over and over, I asked her, I thought it was important um, when, when we interview people, I always try to find, you know, the, the humanity, something to relate to, something that the audience is like, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, and she looks fabulous. No matter where she goes, what she does, the woman is 78. She looks like she's younger than you and I. Yeah. And yep. Uh, I asked her, I was like, all right, before we get into the stuff, I said, little girl talk. What's your number one beauty secret? Because you look amazing. <laughs> And she said, dark chocolate ice cream, dark chocolate oh ice God. cream for breakfast, dark chocolate ice I'm cream there. for breakfast, right? So Nancy Pelosi gets uh, back in the Speaker of the House. I, I would say that the first day that she's back at Speaker of the House, everybody in the House gets a, a cup of dark chocolate ice cream and they get on the <laughs> Pelosi train and they understand what it is to, to, to feel that way when you are powered by the caffeine and the chocolate and all of the good stuff happens in yep. your brain and you know you have the right woman leading you. You know, I, yep. I just have so much confidence when I hear her speak, and I don't feel that when I listen to a lot of our other Democratic leaders because they're too interested in playing nice, and I know that she knows how to play the game and that, you know, it's a uh, – uh, what, what is the expression? Something like uh, ice under sti- – like nerves of steel under under velvet or something like that. You know, like your velvet yeah, on the outside, but you've had steel on the inside. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Um, that attests to that women have a power that men fear. That's what it comes well, down to. Strong women make, yeah, scare weak men. Period. That's right. That's why we saw what um, happened to Hillary. And people are beginning to treat Nancy Pelosi the same way now that they see that she's going yeah. to reemerge and Don't reclaim even her power. Don't Hillary. <laughs> she's still bitter. <laughs> oh, aren't we all? So earlier in the show, Jason bitter. mentioned... There, it, there's a really strong chance that she's going to run again. Um, I don't know why she would put herself through that, but she feels strongly enough about the country that she'll set aside that stuff. You, do you think that I, I would posit if she runs again, she needs to pull somebody on the ticket like Kamala Harris. Uh, do you think she should run again? And if she does, what, what do you want to see her do differently besides everything? I, <laughs> I think, no, I, I think that she ran a really good campaign. There were a couple of things that didn't go well, but uh, my son is sitting next to me and he said, yeah, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> and um, so I think that if she does run again, she should announce like the day before the primary in Iowa or maybe skip Iowa primaries completely. Mm-hmm. Just go to New Hampshire. Um, but man, I wish, uh, I wish that she had won number one, but I don't, I, I'm with you in that I don't know why she would put herself through it. And yeah. 
if she does put herself through it, um, I don't, man, I hate to say it, but I don't think she can win. Well, there's I enough just, of the I population invested in not wanting her to win. We saw it last time. So I, I don't know the, how the results are any different. Because if the well, Russians went out of their way to make sure she didn't get it last time, they're going to redouble their efforts this time. The country's going to be vastly, markedly different in 2020 now, or than it was in 2016. The political landscape is very different. The um, voting population is very different. We've seen a, a surge in young voters and um, people of color who registered uh, for the first time. And so it just depends on where they are, right? I mean, if they're all in urban areas and if they're all in the cities, then we'll have 4 million popular votes for, <laughs> for Hillary, and then she'll still lose the Electoral College because they're all in places where she was going to win anyway. So I don't know. I, if she ran, I'd be behind her 100%, well, yeah. but I don't think that she will. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, we're both of us yeah, are hearing uh, oh, rumblings no. that she is. Make so. no mistake, she's going to run. I mean, she she's yeah. going to run. Yeah, I mean, I look. I mean, I've been in. I I worked on Beto's campaign here in, in here in Texas, um, and um, I I know how many candidates are you know going in and out of Iowa right now. I mean, you legitimately yeah, like see you. Yeah, a lot. And you can legitimately see uh, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden, all three running. And then, you know, and Kamala Harris isn't going to run with Hillary. They're, they're good friends. Um, they're not, she's not going to run if Hillary runs. So, but, yes. I would no, like to you, see them join forces. Um, that's the other thing we were talking about, Holly. If Hillary does run again, she needs to pick the best possible running mate and the running mate needs to be a person of color, man or woman. We were yes. saying Julian yes. Castro, uh, Cory Booker, Deval Patrick, 100%. Kamala Harris. Uh, that's I the only Castro way. I think Castro would be your best bet. Yep. I think Julian I, Castro because, because of the Texas contingent, um, mm-hmm. because the uh, Latino vote, I mean, there's so many political reasons. The main reason though is because he's just amazing. Oh, I mean, the way I wanted him on the 2016 ticket. I was really pulling for him, and when she chose Tim Kaine, I was just like, uh, I don't know. If, she, if I know. Hillary had, as much as Tim if Hillary had, guy. if Hillary had Castro on her ticket in 2016, she would have won Texas. I mean, she she came uh, her numbers in Texas. She was only 700 some odd thousand votes shy of Trump. People don't realize how yeah. close she was. She, she, I mean, nobody had gotten that close since Carter won Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she kicked ass here in Texas. If Castro would have been on that ticket, I mean, who's to say what would have happened? But I, I you know, I would have, I, I would have, uh, I, I would have had her winning Texas. Absolutely, she probably would have won Texas. I mean, it was really close. People, you know, they, they, they talk about, you know, with, with Beto and Cruz down here. And I've reminded everybody, look, Hillary damn near won Texas. I mean, you know, that was really, really close uh, for yep. Texas anyway, you know. Well, it was close everywhere. I, I, I think she lost by overall 80,000 votes in three states. Right. <laughs> she lost the Electoral College by by something ridiculous, ridiculously small number of votes in, in a ridiculously small number of states. And Trump is out there 
talking about how he won some historic win barely eked by. Anyway. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you're going to have keep a, pushing that whatever. narrative. Ridiculous. You're going to have a historic number of men and women um, on our side running in, in for 2020, Holly. I mean, yeah. it, the number's going to be huge. For, yep. Yes. You're right. Yeah, and, it will be. I mean, and I, it'll be diverse. Extremely yes, diverse. It will be. But and I think a lot of that, a that, lot of that hinges a lot of that hinges on if Hillary Clinton, Sanders, and Biden run. If those three all together run, or if it, I think a lot hinges on that. I think a lot of people that I've been in touch with, that's been in touch with my firm, I think a lot of them are asking themselves that question, you know, those that are out there doing exploratory committees. You know, they're asking that question. They, you know, they they want to know if they don't want to run against. They they don't want to, you know, uh, you know, be in these Democratic primaries against Hillary Clinton. They don't want to have to, you know, that really puts everybody in a very. And look, I'm, you know, I I just love Hillary Clinton. I I just love her. I think she's by. I mean, for anybody that that you would want to to run the country right now. And in 2020, somebody with all the experience in the world, I mean, Hillary Clinton is that person. I, I believe You're not going to get a disagreement from us. It's, no, yeah, I no. I, I, I'm not sure what the, thing, the best thing for the country is going to be um, for 2020, but it's already starting. You know, they started like four or five months ago going to Iowa. Um I, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna disagree with you. I don't know what the right thing to do is um for I any do. of these candidates. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh I do. Impeach Trump and, and Pence and let Hillary have the job that we elected her to do since she won the popular vote. I know that's a crazy thing yeah. to want, but that's what I wanted. That's oh, a what solution. I <laughs> <laughs> well, well I'm not sure what the I, I like, okay, yeah, that's what I want to, but that's since that's not going to happen, I'm not sure what the best thing for the country will be when um, when the election actually rolls around, because things are going to change dramatically before the first Democratic debate. And we we just don't we just don't know. Nobody predicted that Trump would get the nomination. Everybody thought he was a joke. Definitely nobody thought that he would win. So, well, also, you know, nobody things changed. Nobody really knew that he had the power of all of Russia behind him. So that's true. Uh, I still posit that it wouldn't have mattered who we ran in 2016. He was going to win. Look, because once he started defeating everybody in the, in the primaries, like his opponents were dropping like flies, I was like, thumbs up. He shouldn't beat John Kasich. He shouldn't beat Jeb Bush. Those are two very mm-hmm. strong candidates. And the numbers to me always seemed weird. Like, how are you polling higher than John Kasich? How are you polling higher than Jeb Bush? How? I, you know, now we know. We had, he had Daddy Vlad helping him. The whole time. So, Caddy Vlad. That's who he is, and you know it as well as I do. <laughs> I mean, you see the picture of him the other day that I, I posted? Uh, you know, Macron and a- Angela Merkel are looking at, at Putin like, oh my God, this fucking guy. And the look yeah. on Trump's face is, Daddy's here. Daddy's um, here, right? <laughs> it, it's true. I, I mean, I, and then no, I, what it's I did. It's like was, when you see your boss in the crowd, you're like, hey, I know you. Yeah, exactly. And, and But he's more like, Daddy's here, yay! Um, and I put that picture side by side with the famous picture of Obama staring down Putin, and it's like, don't even mess with me, motherfucker. So, yep. 
uh, we all know that, uh, you know, that Donald Trump is, you know, his mouth is firmly connected to Putin's dick. We, we know this. It's just not, that's not new. They, the, the question is going forward. How do we make sure that nobody else second the Russian dick gets in power again? Because we have, and, and that is to me, the biggest question is, you know, Dana Rohrabacher lost his seat. That's great. Uh, but um, how do you, how do we make sure that this doesn't happen in the next presidential election? How do we make sure another Russian stooge doesn't get illegitimately installed? And that's my biggest worry going forward in our election process. I was very worried about the midterms for that reason. Well, they said that the midterms were pretty clean, as clean as they could be. And I, I don't know, they're still yeah. doing a postmortem on it. But I'm also concerned, and, and Trump is right about one thing, and that is that Russia is not the only they are the ones that through the, the last election, but they're not the only country who's trying to buy elections or throw elections in China and North Korea. They're very active in trying to disrupt our political system um, and not just by, you know, hacking into the voting machines or trying to hack an election, but trying to sway um, uh, voters by using social media. You know, they're using our own social media against us. And right. then they, we turn against one another and it's become so polarized. And I don't think that a lot of people understand how they were radicalized <laughs> against Democrats or how they were radicalized against Republicans um, or conservatives. And the, you know, the big thing that's changed because 20 years ago we were not radicalized the way that we are now. We were not, you know, I didn't vote for Bush. I didn't like Bush at all. I hated them, but I didn't hate people who, and I still don't, but I, I didn't look down on people who voted for him. They were, they no, just had different ideas different. than I did. It's, yeah. yeah. It's a completely different mood now. Like, you know, social media and, and the media um, got us Trump. And now Trump is radicalizing a whole new generation of, you know, white nationalists. Out I know. I go, mean, oh, and we uh, we talked about that. Yes, I, I am too. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about it on the show before. How <clears throat> how starved we are for intellectual political discourse from the opposition because we haven't had it for years now. Right. They would rather send you a meme of a frog dressed like Hitler with a Hillary wig on, and that's their response. <laughs> no. Right. Exactly. Right. And yeah. I, I, I've repeatedly made the call. I will be happy to talk to somebody who has a different opinion than I do. I mean, Jason and I had a different opinion at the top of the show about whether Nancy Pelosi should be Speaker of the House again. I welcome that. It's just we need to be able to have a conversation. Even as recently as 2012, people were on Twitter, people were on social media, but none of Mitt Romney's supporters were tweeting me, calling me a libtard kike. It just didn't happen. So no. in this new environment, uh, we have to be the change that we want to see on social media. Someone like yourself, who's, you know, 200,000 followers, a very strong leading voice in the resistance. If we can encourage people to rise above, maybe they will. Um, we know how to recognize the bots and not engage and stuff like that. But as we move forward, um, I, I, I would, I will continue my call for intellectual political discourse because that's the only way we start healing as a country. Right. And within our own party, also we need to well, we need so to div- jump in the breach. in our party. We need we need people who are, you know, I consider myself relatively moderate compared to the far left, and definitely compared to the far right. You know, I grew up conservative, 
and my whole family is Republican where I grew up. Um, and I switched uh, political affiliations right after the first election I was even uh, allowed to vote in, which was Bush one. So um, I know that side moderate. Um, so I kind of feel like I've, I jumped into the breach where you've got this, the polarized sections of political discourse. And I, I always feel like I'm kind of bridging the gap between those two things. And I know that's a lot of analogies that are mixed metaphors <laughs> and shit, but I, I do feel like there are a lot of us that are just right in the middle trying to um, foster some kind of uh, trying to reach um, compromise. And uh, we don't, we're not the loudest voices um, because we are not the ones out there screaming bloody murder um, and talking about uh, just trying to get clicks, right? We're not out there trying to put out memes that are um, inflammatory just to get a rise out of the right or out of the far left. Um, I'm trying to inform. That's my, I feel like that's my job. I'm trying to get information and disseminate it and have political discourse about it that is not um, as heated as you see in some other places. I don't always succeed. Sometimes I get really angry. <laughs> and yeah, I, well, you know, you're and, human. I, and I try not to argue with people who, um, you know, they bring a, a pillow to a gunfight. I don't argue with those people um, mm -hmm. because they don't have anything to offer. But I will have conversations with people who are uh, Trump supporters um, because it, it's very, very common, especially recently, to have people go, yeah, I guess you're right. Or not just me, but I guess that position is correct. He really is lying about this. And then they come over on that issue. And before you know it, they're like David Weissman, who, yeah. you know, Sarah Silverman took him aside and said, listen, honey, you know, this is not right. What you're saying is incorrect. And then he's, you know, he's just as active on the left as anyone else on Twitter right now. Yeah, he's great. We've had him on the show, actually, and uh, he's, yeah. a, he's a fantastic example of what can happen when you open up your mind and you actually listen to the facts, um, because they should speak for themselves. And right. unfortunately, with too many people, they don't. And the facts matter, yeah. and they don't want to pay attention to that. Right. Because it's, it's, inconvenient. it's inconvenient for them to pay attention to the facts. Well, and, it's um, also so hard. It's so hard to admit that you are wrong about oh, something yeah. that big. If you are, if you've been that politically active and you've stumped for Trump or you've been out there, you know, beating down doors talking about how great he is. And then to come around to admitting that, you know, putting children in cages is actually wrong. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that kind of thing where you go, man, I can't believe I voted for this guy who's doing these awful things to people of color and women and so it's difficult for them and I am sympathetic to that I get it well, you know I've, yeah. I've voted for people I wish I had voted for before not not to this extreme but I do you know I wish I could have taken votes back in my political history but um so well, one difficult. way to frame it is so that I, it's not their fault they got conned by the ultimate con it's man because 
You're right. Yeah, and it's, it's okay not. to admit you got snowed. It's okay. Yep. I mean, we'll create a safe Everybody, space for you to come over and say that. Right? Millions and millions of people got snowed along with you. Yeah. <laughs> so and you're not, not the you. only one. Right. You're right. not the only Holly, one. Holly, we are, we're running out of time here. Um, I want to thank you so much for giving so much of your day to spending uh, with us talking about the resistance. Um, do you, are you still doing your music? Because you have such a gorgeous voice. Oh, thank you. No, I got sick about, in 2009, I got sick and I, I lost my voice, my singing voice. So I don't sing anymore. I just shit post on Twitter now. That's well, you know what? As long as you're <laughs> able to use do. your voice for good, you still have a, a strong and valid voice. And um, I'm grateful that you're there. We need as many strong women uh, putting the correct narrative out into the universe. And I, for one, am grateful for your, your online friendship. And the fact that we're in the same state, we, we're going to need to get together in person at some point. Um, Immediately. I mean, do I don't know. Well, I don't really get up to Seattle, but if you're ever down in Portland, I mean, it's, we're going to have a very long lunch. Um, yes. Everybody should follow yeah. Holly at Ayn Rand Paul Ryan on the Twitters. You are a Shiro. You are one of the strongest voices in the resistance. I'm grateful for you. And if I ever get unblocked by Trump, you and I are going to gang up. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks for having Love me. Love you. All right. Online. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, you bet. See you later. All right. Okay. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's our Wednesday show. We're getting ready to wrap it up here. Uh, Holly Figueroa O'Reilly, incredible guest. Um, she's done so much for the resistance and continues to be a huge voice out there um, in the social media, social media community. If I can get my words out correctly. No, she's great. <laughs> I'm glad we were yeah. able to get her. That's something we're also going to do moving forward is um, amplifying and elevating the stronger voices in the resistance, both male and female, um, as we barrel forward to the end of this year and we have no idea what's in store on a day-to-day basis, which is what makes this show so exciting in that we never have to prep. We just wake up and look at the news and go, oh, okay, that's what happened today? Great. And so right. every, yeah. day, every day is a new coping mechanism. So, yeah, uh, some breaking news. Uh, really not any surprise to anybody. Um, House Republicans elect Kevin McCarthy to replace Paul Ryan as the party leader. Hmm. No surprise there. Well, so what is it? What is it? <laughs> Trump has nudged Kevin McCarthy to make Jim Jordan the top Republican in the Judiciary Committee, which would put Trump's fiercest loyalists in position to defend him against investigations and impeachment. Jim Jordan is a rape enabler, and I'm not sure how he still has his gig. I hate the entire Republican Party so much. All right. Jim Jordan is like, isn't he? He's the guy that drives the candy van. He's Uncle Stevie in the booth, but for real. Yeah, exactly. And Uncle Stevie well, is maybe, in the no, booth. No, okay. no, 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 no. Jim Jordan isn't the one who lays hands upon the unsuspecting young boys. He's just the one that looks away when it happens, even though he knows everything yeah. about it. What a great guy. Yeah. Uh, the Republicans are all awful. Whitaker must recuse. All of those things, every single day, they just try to get get away with more and more because they know that come January, when the new house is sworn in, they're not going to be able to get away with shit. So, we'll see. 
Well, the Already White House is in meltdown. It's another kind of cluster of you can say blankety it. blank, and um, <laughs> yeah, or it's just Wednesday, yeah, I mean, as we like to call it. You know, I mean, there's there's so much there's so much distraction going on, and it, it's, I you know I, I you know for me in order for me to focus I you know Tara I it, it's hard for me to look at and you know this I, I you know sound like a uh, you know I'm like a broken wheel here but it, it I I it's hard for me to look at social media a lot of times I'll go and look at individual you know feeds you know yours or Holly's or you know, whoever, but just sitting there looking at, you know, constant Trump this, Trump that, and, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I think what, what's, what's happened, and I think it's a good thing, is that the Democratic Party has realized, and everybody else, everybody else should, should follow suit, that Trump is indeed a real threat to, and, and we've got to feel somebody, um, in 2020 that 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 can beat him and whoever that person you know is going to be i can tell you who is not going to be i can guarantee you with a hundred and ten percent certainty he will not be running nor will he be on a ticket and that is beto o'rourke period end of story he's denied an invitation to come to iowa that should close the door for anybody else out there wondering and guessing and hoping and praying that Beto O'Rourke is going to run in 2020. The man just finished up a two-year Senate campaign here in Texas. Why would he jump to another two-year campaign right now? <laughs> uh, if I were him, I'd go on a very long vacation near an ocean and not look at any social media or television. That's what I would do. This, but this uh, that, is that's what, also what I want to do in general. I want right. to do that every this day. Is what Right. This is what Beto's going to do, Tara, and this is what you know Beto's going to do, and this is what a lot of people would like Hillary to do as well. But Beto is going to search out, and you know, look, he's got as Hillary does, huge. You know, I mean, his fundraising here in Texas was enormous, so that's very attractive. I mean, that's incredibly attractive. So he's going to spend his time. He's going to take his time, and and you know, find out you know exactly who you know. Uh, he would like to endorse who he like to get behind, and um, you know he can raise some serious cash. And, yes, he can. You know that's well, and Hillary can do the same. So well, you know, then that's some where, people might say maybe Beto should be Hillary's running mate, but I would also yeah, say that no, we no, should no, not no, put no, another no, white no. person on that ticket. So, but I, I'm, I'm, I was I'm the still best behind Julian Castro. Yeah, I, I want the yeah. I mean, I want the best. You know, I, I want the best, you know, man, woman for the job. And, you know, that's really the bottom line. And for whoever that might be, um, there's going to be a lot out there. And there's going to be a nice, there's going to be a nice choice from from the, the progressive side um, to the left to the center. And, um, you know, there's going to, you know, where we should go and how we should navigate forward you know through um this country you know is a is a tale yet to be told but we'll see it's, it's going to be a packed field it's going to be exciting and listen they're they're already fly, you know flying in and out of uh, des moines so it's it's no no rest 
no rest. We're in election cycle 2020. Hooray. <laughs> okay, that's going to do it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'd like to thank our very special guest today, Holly Figaro O'Reilly, for joining us here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com. We will be back Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. If you missed any of the show today, you can catch it on your favorite podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Spreaker, or right here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com. Tara, we will be uh, launching um, the show, the site, and all that good stuff on the maven.net next week. Woohoo! Exciting times, kids. Exciting times. All right, we are out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone have a great day. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Taylor. You can follow Tara on Twitter at Tara Dublin Rocks and the show account, Taylor Tara Radio. Everyone have a great week. We will see y'all on Friday. Oh.